Hi everyone and welcome back to the Digital Bean. It's been a minute, but I'm still Lindsay. I'm Cheyenne. And now I'm Eli. So we've got a special guest with us this week. Eli of the cult hit podcast. You scared of this shit? Nope. We got the shit out of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's just called You Scared of This. It's a weekly review podcast about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Check it out. Eli's also my husband, but that hasn't been his claim to fame yet. Nope. (laughs) Just Are You Afraid of the Dark? All right. As Lindsay said, it's been a while. The Digital Bean is a weekly review podcast where we talk about the fashion, feminism, and thematic marvels of the Disney Channel original series, Lizzie McGuire. So let's talk about this episode, Lindsay. Yeah, so this episode is called... Rated Arg. It aired on August 10th, 2001. Any Leos out there? Is that still Oh, Leo? yeah, yeah, it's Leo. Oh, yeah. Uh, my friend Karsten is a Leo. Shout out to Karsten. My brother's... One of my brother's birthdays is August 12th. Mmm, very close, very yeah. close. I guess in... Plano, Texas, where we are from, school would have just been starting. Mm-hmm. So, fifth grade. Wow. Good year. Good year for everyone. What? How about you, Eli? Uh, I would have been in high school. I think I would have started my freshman year of high school. That's disgusting to think about. Disgusting? Or I would have well, been in eighth grade. I don't know. That, well, yeah, I would have been in fifth grade, so you probably would have been starting high school. Yeah. <gasps> well, it's not like we were dating back then, weirdo. Well, in some AU, we might have been. Well, in some AU, everything is weird. Alright, this episode of Lizzie McGuire starts with kind of a romantic scene. Ethan is hovering over Lizzie, but we come to find that they're in the midst of a health class, slash PE class, with Coach Kelly, and they're learning about CPR. Was your yeah. Were your health classes and, and PE classes not combined? You didn't do... Health slash PE. Those were separate. Uh, I certainly remember the CPR unit, though. Do you? In health? Yeah. We had it in health, and they were these nasty-ass mannequins that people had clearly shoved whatever they could down the mouths. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I take it back. It was high school when PE and health were combined for us. I guess they weren't in middle school. So, in this scene, Lizzie's pretty optimistic because Ethan's right above her but he can't finish the deed and so who gets brought in to save the CPR day but the touch the touch yeah Ethan done goofed and just couldn't get the job done so Larry Tudgman swoops in with an open mouth <laughs> Ooh, looks like my junior firefighting course is finally paying off His lips don't fail me now and Lizzie <laughs> is immediately mocked by all of her peers. Yeah. This doesn't appear to be the biggest of her problems, though. As we find out, the plot of this episode is that a recent hot movie called Vesuvius has just come out, and Lizzie, Gordo, and Miranda are the only three kids who haven't seen it. I know, you're right. It's like the best movie ever made. Why does it have to be rated R? Because of adult situations, mild violence, and brief nudity. So the three of them are trying to figure out how they're going to be able to get into this movie since it's rated R. And 
they come up with asking their parents to go play mini golf? Well, not yet. Is that? Or no, what do they do first? They start off by devising a plan to all ask their parents as responsibly and maturely as they can. To pitch why they need to see the movie, that's right. Okay, so the three of them decide that they're just going to be rational and appeal to their parents with it's historical and we need to see it for class and um, it's scientific and all these really obviously far-fetched things and their parents don't buy it at all. No, it's an immediate shutdown. And I think what was really funny is that though they come prepared with all of these you know, it's educational, this is about a historical event. Every one of their pitches ends with the fact that, and everyone at school has already seen it, so... Yeah. Yeah, they really screw the pooch on that one by uh, ending on that weak note. What's particularly interesting about, this isn't just a cool movie, the writer of this episode has created this fake film that stars Ben Affleck, Mm -hmm. um, which the girls seem to be in love with, uh, but Eli was oh, Miranda seems to be in love with. It doesn't seem like that big of a pull for Lizzie. Yeah, <laughs> that's but, true. But they do like Miranda brings Ben Affleck up every, so many times. Every time they talk about the movie, yeah. And I, is that just one of those things that they do on this show where they're like, "Oh, we're going to be like culturally relevant. We need a pop culture like cornerstone to mention." Because I know they've talked about. I've heard. Oh yeah, Buffy, they, and they've talked about uh, the Brittany. Blair Witch. Yeah, they they drop a lot of references, but I think also Miranda is just a horn dog through this whole series. <laughs> like, she truly is my spirit animal in this sense. But you I asked have a crush on every boy, <laughs> every five minutes a different boy. Uh, Eli brought up a good point about like what would Ben Affleck have been in around this time, and is this around like when Pearl Harbor was coming out? Pearl Harbor, I think, was my fre- it might have been the summer before my freshman year, so, so that yeah. would have been this exact time. I wonder if in the writing process, because this would have had to have been written like a year or six months earlier, if there was just like famous actor's name and who could they plop in there to make a joke about? Yeah, well, and the fact that it's a historical disaster. And has a romance element to it. Like, that is Pearl Harbor. Right. And didn't Disney make Pearl Harbor? Did they? Yeah, I think it was... um, I think they did. Miramax? I'd say this episode does a good job of little moments like that. And also, the dialogue is sharper than usual. I know, Eli, you laughed a couple times at things that Gordo was saying. Yeah, Gordo and even just, like, some of the dumb scenes with Matt are very well directed. Like, the timing and the construction of some of the jokes is really good. I guess we can talk about that later. That's actually a perfect segue. So, Lizzie asks if she can go to the movie and gets immediately shut down, even though she's wearing a very uh, convincing blue headband (laughs) in her pitch. Uh, Matt, of course, makes his way into the house, and he apparently has signed his parents up to help him build a booth at the school carnival. What is his motivation for doing this? Is it strictly because he thinks he can can convince them to shoot arrows off of, or shoot apples off people's heads with arrows? I think so. Yeah, I think he just wants to do something really outlandish and, yeah, and cool. And so he signs his parents up for a booth to which Joe responds, I thought we were just blowing up balloons. 
<laughs> Except in a really deep voice, because this particular particular episode we've downloaded from Daily Motion is not slowed down like usual, but it was sped up and the voices were lowered like four octaves. They, yeah, they, they 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 played it at like 1.25 regular speed and then they pitch shifted everyone down to a deeper register. I thought we were blowing up balloons. A little faster. I thought we were blowing up balloons. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I couldn't tell the difference. Uh, Joe's motivation here. Obviously, she's not super into doing this booth, but she finds out that another mom, who she's a cookie competitor with, will be at the fair, and so she decides, you know what, I'm gonna help. I'm gonna help Matt build this booth, and I think I've got an idea. This what is that idea? I've got. It's actually a really good idea. It's a Velcro wall where the kids will put on Velcro suits and run and jump on a mini trampoline and fling up onto this wall to be stuck and then, you know, eventually peeled off to do it again. <laughs> Ripped off. <laughs> Have you ever done one of those? No. I don't I, I don't know if I've ever done one. I've been at like fairs and carnivals and things where I've watched people do it, but every time you watch someone doing that, I feel like in your head when you're like, oh, I'm going to get on this Velcro wall, I'm going to trampoline myself like halfway to the moon and stick to the top of this thing. And then you watch <laughs> someone do it and reality sets in and they get like two feet off the ground. Yeah. And they're just like hovering above the ground barely. What made me laugh about this scene is the reason that Joe comes up with this idea is that she notices a stain on Matt's new cargo pants. Yeah. And I thought, because we hadn't gotten to the Velcro part yet, I thought this episode was going to take a turn and go into some deep, dark, like... Matt has a peeing himself problem. Oh what? my god. <laughs> what on earth? This is a, a fucked up peek into your mind. That would be... I mean, that would be a nice change of pace for the character, but I don't know. I actually kind of like the to subplot. To pee himself? It would bring some intrigue to his character, yes. <laughs> a real character development moment. Matt's psychological I feel like breakdown. you weren't watching the last episode because there was character development for him. Yeah, He's bullied. bullied at school. Uh, makes sense that he would start peeing himself. Then. Actually, the trajectory of his character over the last several episodes has been pretty reasonable because he decides he wants to be a magician and then he gets bullied. Well, duh, right? Like, <laughs> No one's going to see him being an amateur magi magician and think, I don't want to bully that kid. Well, speaking of the cool police over here, uh, we next visit our trio in the hallway where they're having to go back to square one about how they're going to get to this movie. And Lizzie has pretty much given up. And she says, well, you know, we could go mini-golfing. To which Miranda just shits on her about mm -hmm. this mini-golf. Miniature golf? Is that the dorkiest thing you can think of? How about the sci-fi convention? Yeah, over the course of like one episode, they've gotten too mature to go mini-golfing, I guess. <laughs> Miranda went to bed the day of the, of the mini-golf tournament fundraiser thing, and she woke up the next morning a thirsty young adult. <laughs> I will say she's wearing some pretty bitchin' purple pom-poms in her hair. I haven't seen accessories this good in... Many moons. All right, so round two, they decide to approach their parents and ask to go mini-golfing over the weekend. And Lizzie's really surprised because Joe's just like, sure, whatever. And she's like, all right, this is made in the shade. Our plan <laughs> is flawless. Did she just think she was going to get caught lying? Was that, like, I think so. the crux of it? Yeah. Lizzie is very anti-lying. Not because 
she's totally morally opposed. She just doesn't pull it off very well. Yeah, she went into it looking like she was trying to cover up a murder. <laughs> so here they are at the Wilco Theater. Getting but, ready to see Babely Ben Affleck. But their next hurdle is they can't figure out how to buy tickets. Oh, and this was funny. Each of them goes to the ticket window with a different spiel because they want to increase their odds of getting the tickets. Instead of going together, they're each going to go separately and do their best to convince this poor teen that they need three tickets. So what are their stories? Gordo is waiting for his fiance and her friend in the car. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and Miranda has to go see Vesuvius because her professor in college wants her to write a paper over it. She's in law school, so that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and Lizzie, what is Lizzie's story? She again? has no story. She's just like, I need a ticket to see this time, or if that doesn't work this time, maybe yeah. this time. And the guy's just like, whatever, sure, I'll sell you a ticket. Well, she almost gets away with it. Yeah. She's like, seven fifty each. Isn't there an under fourteen discount? And of course, <laughs> obviously, she blows it. That was one of the jokes that I really enjoyed, <laughs> like the fact that they let her get away with it, and then she screws it up. Classic Lizzie. Classic Lizzie. Another good hair accessory. Lizzie's got this bejeweled bandana, and she seems to have upgraded her blue pleather jacket. It's not the same, like, nasty baby gray blue pleather. It's some dark blue young adult leather. The fact that her... That that leather made from the supple skin of young adults... The fact that she's wearing the blue bandana and the blue pleather jacket looks sort of like a Missy Elliott outfit to me. Like the fact that they're matching and she has the the somewhat baggy, puffy jacket. So anyway, um, none of them are able to get tickets and Gordo's next idea is if we can't buy tickets, we'll just sneak in the back door. And Lizzie has another sort of moral quandary about this. She says, what does she say? Isn't that stealing? Isn't that stealing? Yeah. (laughs) Have... Either of you ever snuck into a movie? Not by yes. not by not paying. I did the, the their next plan, which was buy a ticket to one movie and then just go into another. Is that what you did, or did you just sneak into? The I've done no. I've done that. I've bought a ticket to one movie and gone into another. I've also well, no, I've done both. I've also done a back to back. I buy a ticket to one movie, go to that one, and then just see another one mm. right after. You've what? also been kicked out of an R-rated movie. Yes, I have. I was thinking about that story when we were watching this episode. What movies did you sneak into or get kicked out of? It was me and my friend Lindsay Kite, and we were in East Texas at a a small town theater, and we actually didn't sneak in. Um, My aunt bought us tickets to Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Mm. And um, There's a big dong in that. (laughs) (laughs) And we were in there, and I don't, I guess some... (laughs) Mom or someone in the theater told the security guard, and he came in like 15 minutes in and pulled us out of the movie. Did you even get to see the dog? I don't think so. Oh. I don't remember it. He Put it robbed on right now. You. We have to watch it. He robbed us of the dog sighting. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so we ended up well, uh, watching Prom Night instead. So he let you stay in the movie theater. Yes. To see, what, a gorier PG-13 film? Yes. That's so stupid. Is Prom Night a, like a horror, like, murder movie? Yeah, yes. like a Britney Snow murder movie. Um, hilari- well, not hilariously, but ironically, the movie that I snuck into would have been right around this time, I guess. 
Um, and it was a Ben Affleck movie. <laughs> that is funny. I just thought it was so interesting that Lizzie's parents are like, well, she's not 17. Like, parents don't make their kids wait until they're 17 to see R-rated movies. Like, the first rated R movie I saw in theaters was Dawn of the Dead. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was 13 with a bunch of fellow tweens. I've actually, that movie, like, it's crazy that you saw that movie when you were too young, because I've actually never watched that movie all the way through. Cause it's oh, it's just, good. There's a zombie birth. Yeah, I know. I know. Ew. In a mall. But Probably like, a Brookstone. That's the thing, is that... that <laughs> and a massage chair. <laughs> <laughs> There's a zombie birth in a mall where people are, like, flying little helicopters in the food court. Like the little RC ones. <laughs> Back to the Maguires. <laughs> then everyone goes ice skating yeah. after. There's a, there's a <laughs> zombie birth in a Sabaro. <laughs> Some weird product placement there. <laughs> so they uh, they finally do get into the theater, right? They mm-hmm. they just do what I was talking about. They buy tickets to one movie and go and decide they're going to sneak into the other. Is that right? I don't think they even buy tickets. They just start walking backwards into a crowd coming out of the theater and then yes. they all kind of hide until the next showing. Oh yeah, because Gordo says, okay, hide back in the, hide in the bathrooms and we'll meet out here at whatever time. Yes, and then they decide, Miranda convinces Lizzie that the movie theater makes their profits off concessions anyway, so they're just going to buy a buttload of snacks. That way they're doing the moral thing. Right. That's how that works. And Miranda brought that sage advice from her experiences in law school. That was another one of the good jokes. She's like, they make their money off of those things, just buy a bunch of snacks. And when Hillary said, or... What's Hillary, when, wow. When Lizzie says, oh, good thinking, she says, yeah, that's, that's my law school brain or whatever. So they've made it in and out of Vesuvius. But when they come out, another drama unfolds. Damn it! Jeremy's choking! Come on, somebody get help! Oh my gosh. There is uh, a, a pair of bros standing outside of the movie. I would not call a man in a bucket hat a bro. Well, at the time, I mean, those dudes definitely look like they are frat boys from the period. Yeah, and one of them is is choking on basically like a gobstopper, right? Yeah, sour balls. He's going to call them sour balls, yeah. <laughs> And no one is stepping in to help this guy. He's really choking. So Miranda and Gordo egg Lizzie on because she did her CPR training at school to go be a hero. Thank God that actually came back in some way since it didn't become the main plot. They had to bring that back in somewhere. So Lizzie saves the day. She's got 18 gold stars in a row now. And uh, who should show up but the nightly news? Gordo immediately realizes we're going to be on the news. Our parents are going to see the fact that our asses are not at putt-putt. And then this turns into uh, a mad caper to try and figure out how to keep, what are their names? Jam. Jam, yeah, <laughs> thank you. To, it becomes a mad caper to try and figure out how to keep Jam from watching the nightly news, which apparently they do every night. All right, so uh, they rush home. They are trying to distract Jam from this nightly news, but the parents have already found all of it out, right? Yeah, because the movie theater called their house to say, hey, Lizzie saved this man from a sour ball. We're just going to hook you up with free tickets for however long. And Joe is jazzed about it. 
But then Sam is like, wait, weren't they supposed to be mini-golfing? Yeah, how does the dumb one of the two of them put this together? Like, did they just feel bad for, uh... I was gonna say, maybe this was a sympathetic writer. This was a pity moment for him, yeah. Anyway, in classic Joe and Sam fashion, they cool parent their way into the situation and just decide to fuck with the kids. Yeah, they really just, like, string the kids along and get even with them for lying. I guess they know they've got them where they want them. Yeah. So Jam is having their their fun manipulating the trio, and eventually it just comes out that we know what's going on. Yeah, this this manipulation doesn't really go anywhere, right? Lizzie just leans over and says, I think they know, and they're like, yeah, we know. It's just clearly one of those situations, which I actually kind of appreciate, where the parents are kind of like, okay, you disobeyed us, but you snuck into a movie. Like, this isn't a terrible offense. You're probably honestly old enough to see Vesuvius, so we're going to ground you for a week, and you have to go to your brother's carnival tomorrow. Yeah. Where they have successfully created an awesome Velcro wall. They've definitely just rented a Velcro wall from some sort of, like, party store or circus. Circus. Old rental circus. It's a sweet backyard family moment, though. Oh, yeah. I love those. I think that's probably a good thing for them to have after, like, punishing Lizzie. Like, they have to show the family functioning. Yeah, the the backyard is always post-punishment or (laughs) post-friend fight. Where memories are made. No trial can withstand the love that happens in the backyard. That's right. Backyard love. Backyard love. (laughs) Where the Maguire children were conceived. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Amongst the gnomes. Every every family bond forged in the backyard. (laughs) Alright. Feminism moments. Nope. Moving on. No feminism. This this episode opens with Lizzie being forced into this victim role for two boys against her will, right? Like, she clearly does not want to be the the dummy in this CPR oh, session. She does with Ethan, for sure. Like, she had mints prepared. Do you, yeah, okay. And she's totally pissed at him. She's like, how hard is it? You squeeze and blow! <laughs> Which yeah, that will, yeah, that'll come in handy later, Lizzie. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. Um, I don't think there's any sexism or feminism in this. It's just a, an even keel episode, as they should be when you're a child's program. Yeah. Fashion moments. You've listed a ton of those. Inflatable backpack is back. Mm, classic. Bandanas. A go-go. I didn't mention the fact that Lizzie made a second appearance with her red hair stripes. Mm, mm. Those looked good. I think, honestly, my favorite fashion moment was Miranda's outfit in the hallway where she's being a bitch about mini golf. Those puffy little purple hair accessories were a must-have. What about you? Uh, The choking victim's BFF in the bucket hat. (laughs) That was my favorite fashion moment. That solid bucket hat. (laughs) Uh, my fashion moment for this episode is the uh, Missy Elliott cosplay. <laughs> that blue leather on blue leather. Yeah, that that young adult pleather. <laughs> good looks, good looks. All right, 
So themes? themes. Theme of the episode is there was no never one overarching theme here. It was them trying to do a lot of dumb things and each individual infraction sort of falling apart. I was thinking something along the lines of um I was actually really proud of Lizzie for stepping up and saving that guy. Like, it's easy when there's so many people around to just be a bystander, but she did have CPR training, and I'm glad she did that and took the risk. That's true. I don't know that that's a theme. Yeah, I think even with that, this is a pretty themeless episode, or it kind of just blends into the Lizzie McGuire canon of parents know best. There, were, there was nothing... If you're gonna do a bad thing, kids, you better save someone's life while you're doing it. Yeah. There we go. That's the theme. I enjoyed the episode. I did, too. I think that's a good segue into ratings. I, you know, we, we've been gone for a minute, so maybe it's just feeling fresh and new, but I really fucking hated the last episode, and I'm feeling like this is a... A, th- a, a three and a half sour ball episode. Out of how many sour balls? Five. I'd give it three and a half of Miranda's throbbing toes. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) So that moment came in hot when they were all bickering about the weather and Miranda was like, trust me, it's not going to rain. My big toe always hurts when it rains. And they, of course, (laughs) close in on this disgusting throbbing toe. Yeah, and actually, this was a really good episode. Um, I'm going to agree with the both of you and give it three and a half uh, sweaty Roman togas. Perfect. Ooh, some loincloths. Some gall tents. Mm, (laughs) Yes. Have you heard the gall tent story? No. In my I have a crush on every boy phase. (laughs) <laughs> Which has, when did that end? I was going to say is we're still in the heat of yep. <laughs> uh, But in 10th grade we watched this movie about Julius Caesar Played by Jeremy Sisto Who you may know um, from the movie Clueless Elton He plays Elton He is a fine man Is <laughs> <laughs> that the dude Cher is dating And then she they break up They're not dating dates. He's like they're friendly, and he pushes on her, and he's the one who abandons her. But anyway, he's in this movie, and I was super into it, and I made the very lewd comment for a 15-year-old that I would go down on him in a gall tent. Wow, yep. That's pretty... <laughs> that's my wife. <laughs> that's, that's my wife. You really haven't changed. I hope Jeremy Sisto hasn't either. <laughs> All of your listeners are hoping I never come back to the podcast. No. Just so they don't have to hear about this. No, they're familiar with my perverse ways. Yeah, yeah. You are not making this any worse than it already was. <laughs> That's not, that sounds believable. I do want to ask, though, like, this is your first episode you've watched with the intention of speaking about it, and obviously your first time in the podcast. What do you think about the Lizzie McGuire world? I've watched a few episodes of Lizzie McGuire with you ladies, and I've also listened to your show. Uh, Lizzie McGuire is such an interesting show to me because of how sort of by the books they play their scripts, you know, like the tropes that they fall into. This is basically live action Doug with a female protagonist, where it's like, I'm just the normal everyday kid in my school, just like you. Here are the 
crazy situations I get into to learn about growing up. Yeah, it's, I mean, obviously we're doing a show on it. We think it's a quality show. And it's episodes like this that make me remember how fun it can be. Mm -hmm. I like when it doesn't have to be super serious with the theme. And it seems, I mean, not totally realistic, but... Oh, definitely not. Like, everyone's a cartoon. It's, well, I was actually going to say the opposite. I think about things that came after it, like Hannah Montana and certain plots of Even Stevens even that were so even even stevens (laughs) even 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 stevens (laughs) how even stevensy they were and it just this seemed like such a slice of life three kids in a suburb an episode where you watch that and call it an evening with even stevens (laughs) (laughs) um yeah well i mean they are really normal kids but also they they play out like characters again from cartoons like this will never work this will never work i can't believe this worked and like all of their little antics that they do are not things that real kids would do in that way it's 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 a little bit broader and maybe more exaggerated they're caricatures of kids and i don't think that's a bad thing um i just think it's interesting to see that in live action yeah uh, with that, I think we're ready to raise our scooter away with our frat daddies on either side of us who are definitely still riding razor scooters to this day. <laughs> Maybe even wearing bucket hats. They really shouldn't be eating those sour balls on those razor scooters. That'll be the death of them. It's dangerous. Yeah. Until next time. Toodles. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Digital Bean. You can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud, and please leave us a review if you like what you hear. Or if you don't. And as always, you can find us all over the internet as the underscore digital bean.